All right. So uh, welcome to another episode of Cumulex Radio. I am Josh. Uh, as always, is my uh, co-pilot and friend, Aaron Newman. And uh, today we have uh, two very special guests from Asa Abloy. Um, we have a you know good OEM uh, partner relationship with, and um, especially on the uh, Aperio uh, product line. So uh, we have with us today uh, Adam Auer, who is who I often uh, deal with. Uh, I think you're pretty much my main point of contact, um, you know, on that partnership level. Uh, and we also have Ange, who is a, a resident expert. So nice to meet Ange here today. Um, so. Just any, and I don't know which one of you would want to speak to this. We have end users. We have a lot of different types of people that are in our feed sometimes. So, I mean, you're a very well-known, respect, respected brand, but just in the event, maybe someone is new to the concept of Asa Aboy or Perio. I mean, if you met him in an elevator, had 30 seconds, what would you say? Adam, why don't you take it? Okay. Thanks, Ange. Um, well, Aperio is a, a wireless technology uh, from Asa Aboy. Um, it's a wireless door locking technology. As a user, you may not be aware that your door is wired or unwired, but um, it allows us to put uh, locks in buildings at a, at a much lower cost than wiring all the way out to a door. So it gives us the opportunity to secure more openings uh, in more buildings for the same budget and um, improve everybody's security. No, that's great. And, uh, for anybody that is in the industry, of course, should be very, very well aware. Um, so, you know, today I mean, we kicked around uh, a few topics, but Ange, I know uh, one that was interesting to you as well was, and we've actually talked about this uh, from a different perspective and on some other episodes, but, you know, you mentioned the impact that you're seeing on that move uh, towards mobile. Um, yeah, so what are you seeing there? First of all, thanks for having Adam and I, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, when I, when I started this division 22 years ago, the whole idea was how to go from a metal key to a MagStripe card or perhaps a prox card. And the move was slow, but people started doing it because you could use that MagStripe card for everything, for your dining, your copying, your gym, all of it. And back in the summer of 18, we had announced that we would be the first three Apple mobile schools uh, with Duke, Alabama, and Oklahoma. And what's happened since then is the students have demanded it. So you've gone from a situation where the end user would call the shot when we're going to switch from a metal key to a card or from a card to mobile. But what's happened is there's more and more users that are demanding it. And if you really think about us in our lives, do we really want to carry a key or a card? Because the one thing we always have with us, always have with us, is our phone. All of us here, we travel, we would rather lose our luggage in our phone. And yeah, I think on a, right. on a personal level, I live in a six-story high-rise condominium in a city center. I have one key to get in the, the vestibule doors, another key to get in the other vestibule doors, another key for my condo. I would like to just use my phone. So I think what's happening is when you combine security and convenience, the users are really driving this. And where is it happening first? Colleges and universities. Because these kids, once they heard about it, they're demanding it. And schools are going to change at their pace, of course, because there's cost to it. But I think that when we fast forward our discussion a few months or years from now, I don't think we're going to see a lot of cards and we're going to see a lot of keys. I don't think they ever go away, but I think the move to mobile is here and it's permanent. Yeah. And so that was an interesting conversation we actually had with another manufacturer uh, a few weeks ago. 
you know, and you mentioned in that uh, university space, that makes a ton of sense to me. And especially when you think about the logistics of the fact that you have an incoming and outgoing class every year uh, as well, you know, as the other students that go away for the summer and then come back. I mean, so there's, I would imagine it's easier, you know, to manage that versus having to get a physical, uh, you know, item into each of their hands. Um, and I agree. I think we're, I think we're seeing that now. I mean, Aaron could, could probably chime in on that, but I feel like a, a large number of the quotes that we see, you know, have, have gone mobile um, and mobile is a big part of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a driving factor. Um, I do want to hit you guys with the hardball because I'm just curious on your perspective. Um, you know, similar to SIA when they came out with like OSDP and it was a, a common standard and people were starting to adopt it. What's your guys' take on the the mobile credential standard, PCOC, PKOC? Yeah. Do you guys have any future for that? Yeah, we 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 think we do. So I think we're we're part of it, we're part of the consortium, we're part of um trying to make standards happen. But I think we're so early right now in this process. And when mobile kind of when mobile came out, it was pretty much a Bluetooth only situation. And then of course Apple made the big announcement, and people are looking for some sort of commonality. And so we're hoping that we can come to a place where standards are more effective and more common. Because if this were a baseball game with mobile, in my view, I still think we're in the first inning of a nine inning game. We're very yeah. very early. I really do. That's fair. Yeah. That makes sense. And you really threw me off. I'm very embarrassed when you said Peacock. I thought you were talking about my TV subscription <laughs> um, that I had to get to get the extra football game during the playoffs. I mean, yes, I remember one of that. you two who are very smart. I mean, explain to the rest of us, you know, a little bit more about this Peacock or is that very secret? Can you can you explain a little bit what's going on there? We'll let Aaron take it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can explain my perspective. Uh, it's just a, a relatively new standard, um, you know, where when you have support for mobile credentials, it's often, you know, like brand specific. Um, like for example, I know you guys have wide support for HID mobile, um, you know, and, and when you start to examine all the various manufacturers and their, their formats, you know, they tend, there tends not to be a standard. So what, you know, a manufacturer like Asabloy would have to do is then integrate with each of these partners, you know, so they have STID, they have Farpoint, they have HID mobile, and there's no common ground. There's no ONVIF standard. There's no, you know, OSDP. So, um, yeah, what this consortium is trying to do is essentially kind of bring together that that mobile element and make a standard, you know, so all manufacturers are, you know, kind of on the level ground. But it's it's very new. It's very new. So, um, yeah, I was just curious. It is an effort, Aaron. I'm glad you brought it up because if you think about having to integrate to every different platform out there. It's very, very difficult. Obviously, we we have a heavy bias towards HID because uh -huh. that is our sister company, our sister mm -hmm. vision. We work incredibly well with them and smoothly with them. But I'm not going to name manufacturers by name, but when we've been asked to do these other integrations, all these efforts are one-offs and it's a lot of work. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so certainly standardization would make a lot of sense even for you. I mean, that would save you a lot of effort, I would think. So it would, because, you know, we think, who knows, Josh, this could be because we're so early, but we think that the more mobile adoption comes available, the more other players are coming out with their flavor for lack of a better term. Right. And, and I don't blame the people for doing that. I really don't. 
but it's not as simple as have my mobile read your reader. It's just not that simple. There's a lot of work to do inside with firmware. And as we all know, that takes time and that takes effort. And what we're trying to do, not company specific, but as an industry, I think one of the things we should do is we should be trying to be a proponents of spreading the word about mobile. It, it It's so good for so many people in so many ways. And I know there's always going to be resistance because it's change. It's going from the key or the card, or it could be that the locks I have might have to have firmware upgrades, or maybe in some cases cannot even be used. But I think at the end of the day, when you think about security and convenience for your customer, at the end of the day for your customer, I'll tell, I'll tell you guys this quick, funny story. My daughter's a, a 23-year-old college grad living in New York City. And like a lot of kids, I didn't really know if she knew what her dad did. And that summer of 18, when the Apple announcement came out, I was in a meeting and I was looking at my phone and I kept getting lit up by her. And when she calls, because she prefers to text, I get nervous. So I excused uh -huh. myself from the meeting room and I, I went out. I said, honey, what's what's up? She said, dad, I just read about the Apple announcement. That's your company, right? <laughs> so, so now you care. She goes, I want to get these on my campus. And, you know, it 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 hits such wildfire that people really want it. And in the, at the end of the day, carrying around these extra things, I don't think any of us want to do. I think we want to take our phone out, go by the device and get in and not carry a ring of keys or put another card on a lanyard or perhaps even in our wallet. I do want to stress, though, I really do think keys and cards are going to be around for a long while, but maybe not in the majority position. Well, that was definitely something we had talked about recently, um, you know, where there are certain verticals that may not embrace mobile at all, or may be completely adverse to it. And I'm kind of curious just to compare notes here. I mean, is there anything in particular out there you think would, would fall in that camp where mobile is probably not for them? I think that there's a big discussion underway about government and military for sure. And, and we, I think we all know that where I do think it's prevalent for sure, factually, college and university first and foremost. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where it was born. But one of the other interesting verticals to me is multifamily housing. As I said, I live in one. And if you think about the tenant and you're carrying in bags and you've got to go to elevators and the convenience of just taking out your phone to hit each reader along the way and the reader and or lock that represents your room, I think there's such an explosion of multifamily housing in our country, particularly because we have such a single family housing shortage ever since the pandemic. There's still a major shortage. I mean, you see mortgage rates go up to seven and a half percent. And what do you see? Every house in the market's getting bought. So what are they doing? They're building multifamily housing. And when I think about an owner separating themselves from the other owner, I think that mobile is a really good way. 20, 25 years ago in the multifamily vertical, we do a lot, a lot of business in the multifamily vertical. What owners cared about was granite countertops, oak cabinets, the proper flooring and carpeting. The younger generation doesn't care anything about that. They care about things like getting in the door with a phone and uh -huh. other electronic amenities and electronic intercom systems. So I think multifamily is a great opportunity for mobile to explode in. I think we've absolutely seen that. I think we've seen a, a tremendous amount of interest in mobile there. And I would say those of us that are, I don't know what we are in our mid forties, you know, 
we're a boomer to the young ones and we're a kid to the boomers. But, you know, I, I think, uh, honestly, my grandmother's still alive. I think she'd probably rather just use a, a mobile credential than, than swipe a card these days. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely the way things are going. And, you know, you'd mentioned like government, I think FedGov is the only one, you know, I think we've really talked about in the past where we see a struggle there, you know, seeing that move, you know, obviously for, for more of a, you know, higher level of security uh, reasons. But I think, I think that it doesn't have to be a big splash across all verticals. I think that if you're in a vertical that uses it, think about the kid who's using it in college and she graduates and she moves into her first apartment. She's going to want that. And she's going to find it really unusual when she goes to the office and they hand her a metal key or a card. And I think that's how this whole thing kind of propagates. I mean, it's going to be fascinating for all of us because we're going to have a front row seat to seeing how it plays. But I can tell you personally, having a seat at the table in, dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings with channel partners and end customers on the struggle to make the move. I don't think there's really a lot of people who don't want to make the move. It's just, how do I logistically do it? Because it's not as simple all the time, depending on what equipment you have and what upgrade you may need. Yeah. And so I think up until now, most of the time, I think customers were looking at a Bluetooth type solution. Obviously, that big announcement, you know, there's a lot of discussion about moving towards the mobile wallet. How much adoption are you seeing there at this point? I mean, we talked about mobile in general. It's the first inning. I mean, has mobile wallet actually even made it to the plate yet? Have we swung the bat yet? Or is Yeah, it- I, I think it has. Of course, until, until Apple was available, it was not an option. So the option was, of course, Bluetooth. And then when Apple made the big splash in the summer of 18 with those three schools I mentioned, that was a big deal. And I think that schools, I'm talking primarily schools here because they're the biggest buyer right now. They're having heavy duty committee discussions. Sometimes that takes months or years. Do I want to go Bluetooth or do I want to go wallet? Which way do I want to go? And there's so many pros and cons. There really are. But at the end of the day, to me, it comes back to that user experience. And a good test of both is a great idea because you want to pick and pick right. But 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 wallet is here. There's no question it's here. And it is yeah. ultra convenient. I have to tell you, when I when I use my iPhone that I have here on, I have I have Bluetooth enabled doors through multiple manufacturers that I use and I have them through Apple. It is a a really nice experience. But at the end of the day, it's up to the user to decide. And that's where they should be talking to other people who did it. They should be testing it out and seeing what the experience is like. What's in a lab versus your real world environment is very, very different. I just want to do a time check real quick. And do you have a hard stop in two minutes? I'm good. Okay, fantastic. No, so one thing that was interesting too is... uh, you know, obviously we are a cloud-based solution. So how do you see like the move towards cloud at this point? I mean, that has been something we've heard for, I don't know, I've lost track how many years now cloud is coming, cloud is coming. You know, Aaron and I I have had discussions about maybe are we here and we just didn't realize it. I mean, where do you see the state of cloud? Uh, I think we're here. Now, when I say that, it's similar to the baseball story. We're first, second inning. But here's the way I look at it, guys. 
think about five years ago, seven years ago, you downloaded a mobile banking app, which was really strange. And somebody said to you, go on this app on your mobile phone, go out to this thing called the cloud, which nobody really knew what it was. I mean, what is that? And go do your most sensitive financial transactions. And oh, by the way, it's safe. And the majority of people in my world were like, I'm not doing it. That's how you get hacked. That's And they really didn't understand intellectually that whether it was a server-based or cloud-based, encryption is encryption. And then you started thinking about rooms with servers and the equipment and the cooling and the costs and the professionals. And then you started thinking about the updates. Remember the updates, the big updates, as opposed to they magically happen overnight. And I think I think that generationally it's gone from this unsafe, strange thing that I think it's a yawner. I really do. And I think things that are outside of our industry, like mobile banking, like I just went to a concert uh, recently. My tickets were sent to me on the Ticketmaster app and I downloaded them to Apple Wallet. Do you remember the days of going and having the tickets and having 50 notes around your house. Don't forget the tickets. Don't go to the game without your tickets. Well, I, I think that generationally people of all ages have accepted it. So I believe cloud is here. I really do. I think the adoption takes time, but yeah. I don't think we're in the questioning of its security stage anymore. And, and if you look at the millions and millions and millions of people who every night are plugging in their phone, downloading their personal photo libraries, their most sensitive stuff to the cloud and not a server, they may not know what they're doing, but they're doing it. So I think, yeah. I think we're there. Adam, what do you think? I absolutely agree, Ange. I think the, the banking metaphor is is a perfect example of resistance and acceptance. And I, it, it occurs to me all the time when people you know ask a question about how safe is this encryption or that encryption, it's like, just as safe as your banking. That's the first thing that I think. So, yeah. And I mean, I listen, I was uh, an integrator back around 2010, you know, when cloud was a real buzzword. And I remember, you know, you mentioned the updates and you brought that up. You know, I used to, I was very uncomfortable at that time with the idea of this Office 365. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an exchange server. Okay, well, I don't know what they're going to do to me. I mean, that's what I used to think. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I'm going to put all that up there and let them hold it hostage. What if they change the rates? What if they go down? You know, what if they get hacked? And then meanwhile, I'm going through, you know, physical hardware that is no longer supported by Dell, 25 grand for a new server, all the updates, the maintenance. Now I've got to keep it protected. I have to make sure it doesn't get hacked. I don't have the same team they do in the cloud. And it was kind of funny how one day I realized, okay, so actually for like 11 bucks a month per user, (laughs) I can just have that up there. And it is actually far more secure because they have entire teams, you know, that are dedicated to that. And only that uh, on top of keeping everything up and running, um, and the other thing that I like that's very applicable to us was the fact that now, okay, it worked with everything, you know, versus it used to, you know, you'd run into the situation, well, no, now that XP computer in the corner, you know, that doesn't work with it. Now we get upgrade the whole server and get everything refreshed. You know, these, the apps now are progressive web app, uh, like we are and whatever is current now, you know, works with what you have. So, I mean, it has really made life a whole lot easier 
Um, however, I think probably what people don't see is that many people who had to do that at one level now work for Amazon, Google, <laughs> and so on, you know, and they've just moved their tasks over to that environment. And I think you're right. The customer just doesn't see it, but uh, it is really true for anybody who doesn't know the cloud is really someone else's computer. Uh, but yeah, more than I, that, it's scale, you know. I had a, a colleague a few months ago say to me about the cloud and he was uncertain about it. And I said, do you remember the days where we took our iPhone at the end of the day and we didn't plug into the wall? We plugged into our laptop to have it back up. Yeah. Could you imagine doing that and then risking your laptop that somehow nothing's going to go wrong with the hard drive? You're not going to get the spinning wheel. So I think I think we're beyond that discussion. I just think that like with any technology, I remember when wireless lock started, customers, I personally was on many of these sales calls. Customers just rejected it. That's voodoo, man. That stuff, that's crazy stuff. Now you're seeing thousands of locks get put into deployments every year because people have realized it's real. But every technology is going to have suspicion and doubters and early adopters yeah. and all that kind of thing. And we just kind of have to wade through it. And I think, I think we're there on the cloud for sure. No, absolutely. I think one thing your organization does that I think is really great is you have a, a large number of resources of people that are dedicated towards working with the architects and engineers. And, you know, we've had this discussion on other episodes where, you know, which is the chicken, which is the egg, you know, are the A&Es responding to the changes in technology or are they blazing the trail and pulling everyone with them? I mean, I think you you obviously spent a lot of time educating them, getting on the spec, providing them what they need. And you see Asa Abloy Aperio on everybody's spec. When you see a school or public building, um, always uh, included as the wireless uh, lock of choice. What are you seeing? Um, and I am curious because I don't get to deal with A&Es as much as I used to in the past. I mean, we're talking about this mobile adoption, I guess, to circle back to the first discussion. Are you seeing um, the A&E community run with that? You know, are they starting to build that into their spec? Are they waiting to see how things go? I would I would put it in the wait, waiting to see how things go as the most general comment. I would say that there's certainly early adopters. Um, but most, in my view, are waiting to see what the end client is telling them. And what's so interesting to me, guys, is that if you go back about a decade ago, that end client pretty much called their integrator, called their partner and said, what do I do? What's my next move? What we have found in the last decade is the end clients are so remarkably well-educated, well-prepared. Many yeah. times our teams go out there and, and they know the answers. They've done so much research. They've talked to fellow end clients. And by the way, I don't know who the retailer was that said it years ago. I think it was Sims. And they said, an educated customer is our best customer. We we at Asabli feel the same way because now you're getting past the, is the cloud safe? Is the mobile safe? And now you're into really heavy discussions. So I think I think that end user being so well-educated is, is a blessing for our industry. Would absolutely agree with that. You know, I think that's, they know what they want. They know what the end result is that they want. They may not know all of the configuration and all of that. That isn't their job to know that. But um, I mean, just think of any scenario, even, you know, I mean, we got comments when we were building our house a few years back. I mean, 
my wife and I are both pretty finite in particular on what we want. And we always kind of think of that as something that makes us unruly or challenging. (laughs) But in reality, you know, what normally took people more than a full day, you know, to go through the the showroom and, and pick out everything, we were done in an hour and she was amazed. And so I think, you know, it really helps the process, whether you're the integrator, the A&E or the manufacturer, you know, when you have a customer that is educated, they've really put thought into how they would be impacted by their choice, what would make sense. They've probably already discussed internally, which they, way they would like to go. So I always find that, and, and you know, that they're making the right choice when they choose you. They've yeah, really I, thought it through. I'm with you. And I have to, I have to tell you, Josh, I, I'm really passionate about this because I've been calling on the end user community for a large part of my career, but seeing the shift, it, it, it helps our partnerships get forged so much deeper. It goes from the salespeople and the end user and the channel to forging a partnership between all. And I think that more and more end users want a cemented partnership. They don't want a sales job. They want people coming in to talk to them about what they should do, answer their questions. Certainly when something goes wrong, be available like that. So you've got to build out a big infrastructure to be able to support them. But I think it's one of the best things for our business. I agree. I agree. An educated end user is uh, is the best. I think an educated customer at any level. Yes. Integrator, uh, A&E, anybody. Aaron's like, you know, I can't believe Josh is the one saying this. He's the least educated person on the call. But, you know, that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> so, well, Ange, Adam, I really enjoyed this. Um, hopefully we can have you uh, on again sometime. I uh, really appreciate the partnership. Really appreciate uh, the quality. Uh, in everything you do uh, out there and uh, really set a good example for everybody and really appreciate that. Well, thank you both. And uh, thank you for the partnership as well. We sincerely appreciate you. Absolutely. And so for everybody else, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks.